to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Beautiful, guys. Thanks. Well, welcome again to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It is a joy to be in worship with you today. I want to remind you that coming up in a few weeks is the semi-annual Mission Auction. It's going to be on Saturday, March 18th. We're going to have it at Brookfield Country Club this year. There's going to be a silent and a live auction. They're going to have dinner. There's going to be dancing. It's going to be a fantastic time. As we raise money for our mission partners, you can get tickets at roswellpress.org. And we are still accepting donations. So if you have a product or a service you'd like to offer for auction, go to the website. There's all the instructions about how you can make a donation And again, all that money that we raise goes out to our mission partners to make a difference here in North Metro Atlanta and around the world. Well, this past Wednesday, we had a beautiful Ash Wednesday services as we kicked off the season of Lent. The season of Lent is the 40 days that lead up to Easter, excluding Sundays, because Sundays, we always celebrate the resurrection. But Lent is a time marked by uh, self-reflection, repentance, when we change our mind about some things about our lives. In this Lent, we're going to focus each Sunday on a spiritual practice or a spiritual discipline. A spiritual practice or a discipline is a way that we say no to some things, and oftentimes these are good things. We say no to some so that we can say yes to a greater good. And today we're going to look at the practice of meditation. It's also referred to as contemplation, uh, centering prayer. It's a spiritual practice where we say no to activity. We say no to busyness. Why? So we can say yes to a greater good, the greater good of being present to God as God is present with us. I titled the sermon series CrossFit, not just to appeal to the athletes among us, but because there's this passage in scripture where Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. And it's oftentimes very misunderstood. We don't really know what he's getting at. And I think here he's saying, take up your cross. Say no to some things in your life. Oftentimes they're good things. Say no to them so you may say yes to a greater good. So that's what we're going to reflect on during this season of Lent through the spiritual disciplines and practices. I also want you to know that on Mondays for our Closing the Distance podcast and conversation, I'll be having conversations with authors, theologians, kind of experts on these disciplines. You can tune in on Facebook Live at noon on Mondays, and then we'll upload the audio to our uh, podcast feed so you can find it wherever you get your podcasts. But, and tomorrow I'm going to talk to Kai Nielsen, who's a Lutheran pastor in St. Paul, Minnesota, and he wrote a book called Renew your life, and it's about how these spiritual disciplines can help bring energy to your life, flourishing. So today we're going to look at meditation, and I chose Psalm 1 as our scripture passage. So let us open our hearts and our minds and ears for the word of the Lord. Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. 
They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask in the next few moments, you might be our teacher, that you might teach us about how we can be present to you as you are present to us. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For years, I've been running the same stretch of the Atlanta Beltline path. I've told you about my run-ins with owls. I've told you about my run-ins with other joggers carrying tennis rackets. I've been running this route for years. And during the pandemic, I began to actually walk this route daily, sometimes several times a day. See, when I was running, I would try to get it done just as fast as possible so I could get to the next thing on my to-do list. But during the pandemic, I I found my to-do list get a lot shorter. So I began walking a lot, and I would walk this same path. And one day, I noticed there was this little white sign over on the side of the path. I'd never noticed it before, and so I went over and I looked at it. And on it, I I read the craziest thing. It said, 2010 champion tree. Said it was a Fraxinus Americanus. Its stats, its circumference is over 14 feet around. It's over 133 feet in the sky and has a spread of 56.25 feet. Oh, man, a 2010 champion tree. I'd been running by that thing for years and never noticed it. What an unobservant idiot. Hundreds of times I'd walked by, I'd run by one of the tallest, largest, most beautiful trees in the Atlanta area, and I didn't even notice it. This beautiful tree had been right in front of me. But I've been too, in too much of a hurry to even to notice it. But you better believe now when I'm walking or running, I take a little moment. I stop, I read that little plaque, and then I just look up and just admire the wonder of the 2010 champion tree. I was blind, but now I see. <laughs> How many of us are so busy with our lives, with our family, work, youth sports, volunteering, cooking, working out, tracking the stock market, watching Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, that we, we never notice or experience the God who is right there? How many of us are distracted by social media, the news, online shopping, who the next Atlanta Hawks coach is going to be? that we never take time to notice the God of the universe. How many of us never pay attention to God's presence? How many of us are blind to what, or rather maybe I should say, whom is right in front of us? 
Scripture promises us that God is constantly present to us. I went through and just picked out kind of some random passages throughout Scripture to illustrate this. Psalm 139, I love this passage. The psalmist writes, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me fast. God is all around us. How about Jesus' prayer in John 17? Jesus prays for us. He says, I ask not only on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Jesus is praying that we will see ourselves in him, in God. They'll be united. How about Acts 17? Paul is in Athens. He goes to the Areopagus, and he starts a debate with a bunch of Athenian philosophers. And listen to the argument he makes. Then Paul stood in the front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription, To an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. Okay, what? Well, listen to this. The God who made the world and everything in it, he who is Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything. Since he himself, now listen to this, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things, though he indeed is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, even as some of your own poets have said. Listen to how the book of Hebrews opens up. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and various ways by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. And then I love this passage in Revelation 3. John has this dream, this revelation. He sees Jesus and he says, Jesus says, Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. This is a fundamental conviction of the Christian faith. God has created and sustains all that exists. But if that's the case, why don't we feel God's presence more? Why can't people sense there's a God? Why don't people Notice God's sustaining all that exists. Well, partially that's because we believe in a hidden God. Hidden God. You know, I've been deeply influenced by the writings of Blaise Pascal, that French scientist, theologian, and philosopher. One of my favorite quotes of his is this. Listen to this. What can be seen on earth points to neither the total absence nor the obvious presence of divinity, but to the presence of a hidden God. Everything bears this mark. God is hidden. God is not readily apparent. Therefore, God must be searched for. God must be looked to. God deserves our attention. But many of us are lulled to sleep. Many of us fail to notice the divine wonder that is all around us. One of my favorite writers is the writer Marilyn Robinson. She won the National Book Award, the Pulitzer Prize. 
And she tells this great story of when she was in college. She has this transformative experience reading the great American theologian Jonathan Edwards. She comes across this passage about light. Listen to this. This is, this is Edwards. He writes, The whole course of nature, with all that belongs to it, all its laws and methods and constancy and regularity, continuance and proceeding, is in arbitrary constitution. All dependent existence whatsoever is in constant flux, ever passing and returning, renewed every moment as the color of bodies are every moment renewed by the light that shines upon them. And all is constantly proceeding from God as light from the sun. Okay, what is Edward saying here? He's saying, God creates and sustains every single nanosecond of creation. Every single moment, God is sustaining every electron, every proton, every piece of the cosmos. God sustains it all. But we often take this for granted. Just like there's light in this room. Did you come in here and notice that there was light? No, you took it for granted. But if I turned off the lights, you would definitely notice. You'd become grateful that they were there. And he's saying that about creation. The only reason we expect another moment of creation is because we've had moments in the past, but it doesn't logically follow that it's necessary. Well, we take it on faith because God is creating and sustaining everything that exists. Every moment is a miracle. It's a wonder. Don't take it for granted. Let's do a little practice. That moment we just had, that was amazing. Let's try it again. Wait, that moment was awesome too. It was incredible. Every moment is a divine gift. It's a wondrous creation. One moment after the next, the God of the universe is present to us every moment. The question becomes, are we present to God? Down through the centuries, Christians of all stripes have encouraged the practice of meditation. It's often called meditation or contemplation, contemplative practice, centering prayer. The practice of meditation has to do with settling the human mind and focusing our minds and our bodies solely on God. Now, one of my mentors in meditation has taught me a lot about what he calls centering prayer. And when he first introduced me to meditation, I asked him, I said, why do you meditate? He said, he's an assistant U.S. attorney. He works for the Justice Department. And he prosecutes violent crimes. And a lot of these things he has seen, no one should ever have to see. They're absolutely horrendous. And he says he meditates in many ways to recenter himself upon God. And not all the evil that is out there. He says in in many ways his contemplative practice has a way of cleaning his brain that God transforms his very mind through meditation. In fact, he wrote a little guide to centering prayer for St. Philip's Cathedral. I love this paragraph. Listen to this. Sitting still and being quiet quiets the body, opens the heart, and makes us available to God to better discern his guidance. It builds the oneness and communion with God we all seek. In the process, sitting still and being quiet enables us to learn how our brain works and how we habitually color reality with our plans, preferences, and programs for personal happiness. 
it or meditation gives relief from the relentless song of self. Centering prayer gives us relief from the relentless song of self. I love that. We don't notice God because we're often too busy with our own stuff. We got hangups about the past, bitterness we're holding on to. We're anxious about the future. We're worried about tomorrow. And we fail to be present in the present moment to God. We fail to notice the champion trees all around us. So what does centering prayer look like? Got good news for you. You don't need to buy anything. Okay? You can do it by yourself, or you can do it with others. Begin by either sitting down in a comfortable chair, or maybe even kneeling. Close your eyes, or let them fall gently at rest. Sit up straight, that'll help your breathing. And begin to pay attention to your breath as you inhale and as you exhale. Some people find it helpful to have a, a, what they call a sacred word, a word like peace or love or grace. And they repeat that word as they breathe in and out. Now, I guarantee you, you're going to find your mind wandering. You'll probably get pretty frustrated with yourself. Don't get frustrated or angry or mad. Just gently direct your attention back to your breath and your sacred word. And just sit and be present. Oh, and you'll want to set a timer. <laughs> Maybe eventually you want to sh shoot for 20 minutes, but just start with 10. But the important thing is to have a practice to do it regularly. You may not experience spiritual transcendence the first time, and that's okay. It's just important to set aside our goals, our wants, desires, intentions, and be present to God and God's presence to us. God will work in surprising ways. One of the best books on meditation was written by a 14th century anonymous British monk. It's called The Cloud of Unknowing. And in it, he says, all rational creatures are endowed with two powers. One of them, he calls it knowing power. He says, we have the power to know things. But the problem when it comes to God is, God is so big, so enormous, so infinite that we cannot fit God into our minds. But he says God has endowed us with another power, what he calls loving power. That we can love God and can experience God's love for us. But he says what we have to do is we have to settle ourselves down to quiet our hearts, to quiet our minds, to experience that love. And we do that through centering prayer and meditation by opening ourselves up to God's gift of grace. See, centering prayer or meditation is uncoerced, it's unmanipulated, and it's unforced. It's free. You're just sitting there. And maybe a miracle might happen that the mysterious maker of the universe will visit and you will encounter God. And you'll notice the champion trees all among us. As I close, not too long ago, I came across an article written by one of my favorite theologians. Her name's Sarah Coakley. She works in the UK now. But for a time, she was a professor at Harvard Divinity School. She was in Boston. 
And she felt the, the call to ordination, to pastoral ministry, to the priesthood. And so as part of the process, you have to do an internship. And she did an internship there in the Boston City Jail. And she was a chaplain. And she wrote this article, and it had an intriguing title. It was Jailbreak, Meditation as Subversive Activity. And it tells her story about teaching meditation and centering prayer there to, in the Boston City Jail to these inmates. She says, in the everyday noise and violence and despair that are commonplace in American prisons, she invited these men to gather for a brief time of teaching, and then together they would practice centering prayer. She says, what transpired after, and I quote, the straining and sweating and shifting of a hard shared silence was no less than a miracle. She said that simple prayer time transformed the inmates' view of the world and the view of themselves. They were transformed within experience, coming into connection with God. And Coakley makes an observation that she gets from that book, The Cloud of Unknowing. She says, a regular contemplative prayer practice can make the ugliest person magnetically attractive. Centering prayer meditation transforms you. God transforms you from the inside out. There is a beauty to this process, to settling yourself down, to experiencing the transformative presence of the God of the universe. And so this week, if you don't already, I would encourage you each day, take 10 minutes out of your day. That's it. 10 minutes to sit, to be still, to center yourself upon God. And you might be surprised what will happen. And when you do, you'll begin to notice the champion trees all around us. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you have an intention to know us. Lord, I pray that we might have the courage to sit still and to do nothing, just making ourselves pre present to you. And Lord, in that process, you might transform us from the inside out. Lord, we thank you for your presence all around us. In your name we pray, amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.